one and one voice. Welcome home. All right. Good morning, y'all. How are you? So somebody just brought me a loaf of bread before this service. So I'm, uh, it's sourdough, which is the best bread in the world. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Romans 15 will finish up today. Those of you that are new, uh, we do something called expository, expositional preaching. We like to grab a book out of the Bible and just go verse by verse. Because if it was written that way, then we want to teach it that way. Uh, we've been in Romans 15 for five weeks. This will be the sixth week. And um, we'll finish up today and do some corporate prayer. And so prepare your heart for that. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you about prayer and in the front. Um, how's your prayer life? What's your prayer life like? What do you do? What do you not do? I think sometimes what can happen to prayer life for the Christian, I'm just going to speak to you believers right now, is that unconsciously we know that God is real. We know that Jesus saved us. But so much of prayers based on faith, if we're not walking in a faithful place, then prayers can become like a one-sided conversation that nobody responds to. And so we tend to get lean into becoming more rudimentary. Lord, watch over my family, keep everybody safe. Thank you for the blessings, yada, yada. You just tick off everything and then you're done. That kind of prayer life could not be further from what it really is. And so we're going to see Paul today as a leader of first century church be very explicit in his prayer request to others, which is a big deal. Let me tell you how it works on the inside. Uh, lead guys, lead pastors I coach, as their church grows, they share less. As the church grows, they share less about their own needs, which will separate them from the people they've been called to, to serve and lead. That's a problem. Now, why do pastors do that? Because their response is, with a few people, I don't have anything to lose. With a lot of people, I could lose my job. And so they separate themselves instead of being open about what their needs are. Now, Pastor Daniel and I did not plan this. This is the Spirit of God. And we're going to see the Holy Spirit clearly in some verses today. But Pastor Daniel just sharing with you guys his physical need. That was a big deal. You know why he does that? He's not in here, so I can talk about him for a minute. He believes in the gospel. He holds to the gospel. And what's the gospel? That Jesus came to seek and save sinners like you and me. He didn't come to bring something to people that have already fixed everything. So if that's you, you could probably just bust out right now and beat all the Baptists to the lunch place. But if you're in need, then this, then this time of Romans is for you. All the other sermons are online. You can pick those up. Um, to the non-Christian, I would say this today, and you are among us, and we're glad you're here. Um, we... We have no power to save you. We just have the calling to share with you who we know and what God has done for us. To the non-Christian, prayer is a gift given to you to realign your heart with the creator of the universe, the lover of your soul. And your prayer life in the future, as you accept Christ's offer of salvation, will be way more about him than it will be about you. That's the realignment right there to where we're coming under the presence of God and the power of God and we're beginning to see him and feel him in different ways 
your stuff will begin to just kind of dissipate and you'll find yourself realigned with the head of the church. His name is Jesus. And where the head goes, the body must go, right? We can't be independent from the head. We can't be or we're a dead body. To the Christian, I would say this today and just kind of get up in your business for a minute. How's your prayer life? How is it? Is it kind of rote right now? Or are you just kind of running through the... Uh, in your prayer life, have you... Has there been any, any tears lately? Has there been any pain given in your voice, in your presence with God? Has, has there been any sorrow? Has there been any laughter? Uh, this is the kind of prayer life that we're called to have. It is an act of worship to the one that created you and an opportunity for you to ask questions of need to your heavenly father. Now, how many of y'all have traveled with like a five-year-old before? Really, about seven miles is too far, amen? Because um, one, they're verbal, and when we're parents, we pray, Lord, we just can't wait till they can talk. And then it's like, Lord, tell them to be quiet. Like kids just, blah, 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 and they ask questions uh, when you go places about everything. Dad, do the thing for the truck again. Do the thing. You show your kids that one time. And you're done forever. Dad, when are we going to stop? Dad, where's the next Bucky's? Why can't we? A lot of questions about Bucky's in her family <laughs> once you stop at that space, okay? Um, but you don't, you don't mind those questions because you love the one asking them. And we need to understand that our, our Heavenly Father, who gave His Son to die for you and me, really wants to hear your questions. Now, they can't be rhetorical. You're not asking God and expecting him to do what you have decided is the answer. But open in a light, Lord, I don't know what's next. Lord, I don't know where we're supposed to go. Lord, I don't know what this situation, Lord, I don't know why I'm bitter and angry. Lord, I don't know why I don't listen. Lord, help me. These are prayers and questions that you can ask and God will respond to you. Is your prayer life different than it was last year? Here's the last thing I'll push you on, believer, because we're gonna see it in scripture today. Have you asked recently for God to give you the blessing of sharing the gospel with somebody else? That's what we're going to see Paul do. So let's pray. Um, Christian, join me right now in asking the Lord to speak to your heart. Asking the Lord just to make your heart malleable, soft, available. When we do Bible study, you shouldn't be like, I know, I know. You should be, oh, wow, oh, wow, there it is again. There's that truth again. There's a sign of mercy again. There's that, that beautiful thing that God overflowingly loves me regardless of my sin. Man, there's that, I love that. And what we'll see from scripture today is that overflow of agape love that God gives you and I, that's what we're to give others. That's the well where it comes from. It's not your obligation. It's not your goodness. It's definitely not your self-righteousness. It's not all the cool things you are. It's the love you've been given. It's an overflow, and that's what we do. So let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless us. Three verses. I've got some cross-references, and then I'll, I'm going to sum up uh, what we've covered in Romans so far. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I just I thank you for the moment right now. We have literally just minutes to study your word, and I, I would beg you, almighty God, that you would infect our hearts with the desire for more. That you would, you would invade us, Lord, and take over every, every cell in our body, every place in our mind, 
and fill it with your presence. For those that don't know Jesus here, Lord, that are, have heard about you, I pray, Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can open the heart, so would you speak to them as only you can? That's what we ask for, because your gospel is the power to save and change and give us purpose like we've never known. Thank you for these moments. Be glorified. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Romans 15, 30. Notes are on the website or the app. Um, here's what Paul says. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in prayers to God on my behalf. Literally, Paul's just coming out and saying, I need your prayers. And again, what leaders will do, a lot of church leaders, is they will give one or two prayers that really aren't about themselves or about their calling. And they will position themselves as a greater than instead of an equal to. And so when, when you and I, when the elders at Mission Church, when we come alongside one another, we are all equal in God's eyes and in our need. And so when we believe that the gospel has the power to save is when we are capable of sharing it and really living in that safe place. So Paul says this, I, I appeal to you. This is urgent, important. So how many of y'all think that your needs are important? Now I know you believe they're important to yourself, but you need to, you need to take this to a secondary place. Your needs are important to the body of Christ. And if they're not, then maybe Christian, you need to check your heart and I need to check mine. So when we are focused on others, we hear the details, amen? When we're, when we're focused on ourselves, we miss the details. Why? Because we're getting back to the most important person in our life and that's us, okay? What Christ calls us to do is to be outwardly focused. So you have some issues, some fears, some worry, some problems, focus out, this is what Paul is doing right here. This urgency that Paul is talking about is connecting Paul the leader and the people to Christ and his urgency. It's not a preference. So when we share, when one of you say, Pastor Tom, how can I pray for you? And I tell you two or three things. You're entering into that special place with me because you're sharing my burden. And it's a good thing. We got to share one another's issues. Second thing he says is this, strive with one another, which means that there's no room in the body of Christ for independent contractors. You can't, you can't just be the lone wolf guy or gal. You can't be. You're ineffective if you're by yourself. You're more powerful if you're part of the body. You got to do this with others. Have harmony with each other. Doing what? Praying for one another. You know, spending a few moments of time. Uh, I would much prefer seeing all of you guys after service today I would rather see you have one really good conversation with one person than five hellos to five different people. It's going a little bit deeper for a second because this is the, what we desire ourselves, okay? Does Paul ask for prayers in other scriptures? He, he does specifically in eight. I'm gonna read you two just for your own study and in discipleship groups. The first one is, is Ephesians 6, 18 through 19. Now, all the churches that Paul writes to, the church in Colossae, the church in Ephesus, the church in Corinth, they were all kind of upwardly mobile cities. They were cutting edge of the time. They had a lot of money. They had also a lot of paganism, a lot of entertainment. 
both moral, immoral, all the things available. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like our city. Had a lot of things going for it, very educated. Here's what Paul says. Verse 18. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. The back end of 18 says a lot right there. Who are we to intercede first and foremost for? The saints, the others, the yous, the me's. Uh, we're to pray for others. We're, we're to be in a state constantly of how can I pray for you? How can I lift you up? What's going on in your life? What's happening? Focus outwardly is the call of every missionary. It's not inwardly. Now, it doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. There's real value there. But how much are you focused on those other than yourself? Verse 19, pray also for me, Paul says, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. That word's going to come into play in a, in a minute. The mystery of the gospel. Can we agree, Christians, that when you share the gospel with somebody, if you do, it's like they don't understand what you're talking about. They'll catch very quickly that if you become a Christian, you have to live a certain way. So that tends to be where they go. Like, okay, so I have to change things. I have to stop doing a lot of things I enjoy so I can serve the one that saved me, probably not interested. That's, that's not, that's, that's the secondary. Primary, when we receive the gospel, what we're receiving is this beautiful gift of freedom for everything that binds us. Um, I was talking to one of my friends before the 8.30, and they've had a loved one depart. I've had a loved one depart. And, and they were both believers. And we were talking in a moment about how the people that we love that are not here anymore are whole. They're not, they don't have issues from their childhood anymore. They don't have problems of anxiety or fear or worry or handicap. They're, they're whole. And so it's a, it's a refocus on eternal rather than the, the right now and the moment. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery, the unknown to people of the gospel. All prayer needs matter. Your prayers are important, church. And listen, if other prayers are not important to you, then you may need to redefine yourself as a non-believer. Okay? Maybe you're just a good moral person. And that's awesome. I'd love to have you live on my block. But you may need to check your walk with Christ because our call as the body of Christ is we're interested in the body of Christ and we want to pray for them. Colossians 4, 2 through 4, Paul says this to the church. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word the Lagos, to speak the mystery. Again, Paul calls it the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. He's in prison writing this letter so that I may make it known as I should. He's in prison and he's asking the prayer request that, hey, make me bold because I'm about to share with these soldiers that could take my life. They need to know the good news. I have something they don't. It's a mystery to them. It's a fact to me. It's something they don't understand. It's kind of like they can't really see it clearly. I can see it HD. I have what they need. Christian, do you believe that? That you have something that your non-believer people need? Or is this just a religion to you? Prayers 
keep you alert. They keep you focused. Both passages, Paul asks for, please pray for me so that I may share the gospel. When is the last time, Christian, you've asked somebody to pray for you that you may share the gospel? This is your calling. This is your calling. And if, again, we're moving into comfort, we're moving into slavery. And the Lord's freed us from that. But he's freed us for only his purpose, not yours. We are called to respond and and care for those around us. Verse 31, Paul says this. Here's his specific prayers. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea, that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable acceptable to the saints. Remember, he's taking this giant offering back to uh, the first church. And that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed together with you. Paul, the leader, asked for very specific prayers. So I want you to think about this as you walk into your week. I want you, when somebody says, how may I pray for you? You tell them the truth with discernment, right? Like there's some things we should only share with certain people. But there's a lot more we could share that we don't. And I'm not quite sure the reason why all the time somebody's like, well, I just, I don't think they mean it. So the, the flip side of that is when somebody tells you prayer requests, what do you do with them? If you do the comment, well, I'll pray for you. You need to pray for them or you're a liar. The best call for that is to pray right then. Right then, just right then. Pastor Johnny, who will pray for anybody anytime, anywhere, in almost any language. I'm standing in the back. He comes up and gives me a hug. He and I are talking. And uh, I said, man, pray. We're at the end of the service. We're going to do a communal prayer time. He's like, let's pray right now. I'm like, dude, let's do it. (laughs) So he just laid hands on me and we prayed right there. And it was an awesome moment. When somebody says, I need prayer in these areas, church, have the guts enough to say, let me pray right now. Carries around, pray in the gym. Pray in a bar, pray in a restaurant, okay? I prayed for people in the sauna before, okay? (laughs) You just pray. Pray. People want prayer, why? Because it's a mystery to them and they kind of are seeing something and if the spirit is calling them, you get to be a part of this. Super fun. Paul's prayer request, I need to be rescued. That's a good prayer, Uh, Okay, I need to be rescued. The second one, he goes straight to not like, I'm hungry or I need a blanket, etc. Two, he says, I want my ministry to be received. By whom? Those that are holding him slave, holding him captive. He's praying for those that are assaulting him. Come on, that is amazing. I have a hard time praying for those that love me. And when I'm in my flesh, I don't pray for those that hate me. And it is my sin. I want my ministry to be received. The third one, I want to spend time with you. Paul's Paul's in jail, manacled. He's in a bad place. He's like, yeah, but I'm really looking forward to spending time with you. Like talking about an outward focus. This is is his prayer request. Verse 33, we'll finish it up right there and then we'll do a little review for a few moments. May the God of peace be with all of you. The one in jail is praying for those that are not in jail and saying, may the God of peace be with all of you. Who owns the house of Shalom? The king does. In fact, his name is Shalom. His name is Irene. 
All right, for those of y'all that are new, we've talked about House of Shalom for a minute, that it's some place that we need to go on a regular basis to experience the presence of God. When you're at peace, you make completely different decisions than when you're not at peace, amen? Okay, so we come into a place of God's presence, recognizing the fact that he's not saying to us, what have you done for me today? He's saying, let me remind you of what I've done for you. Like it's a complete reversal of fortune. I think we come to Jesus like, I need to know. I need to let you know what I'm doing so you don't take me out because I know the sinner I am. But I'm doing these things, Lord. I'm doing these things. And, and God's going to go, I'm glad you told me that because you hadn't told me that. You were dead. That's not what the house of Shalom offers. We walk into the presence of the king when you're saved. And his first words to you are, I need you to know how much I've loved you today. I need you to know that I have been praying for you. I need you to know that what I did on the cross, I was thinking of you. And our response is, yeah, but you shouldn't love me that way. And God's response to you is, it's not your choice. This is what agape love looks like. Stillness, quiet, presence, Think about uh, the last really good conversation you had. Now, I'm not saying on your phone when you have groceries and a kid is in need. And I'm not saying when you've, you've, sh you've sandwiched somebody in between your afternoon appointments, because I do this too. I'm saying like the last conversation where you didn't, maybe your phone was off and your watch was off your wrist. And you just begin to have a conversation and it was a give and take and it was really good and wonderful. And you don't know if it was 15 minutes or an hour. That's the space, that's House of Shalom, where God calls you and me to come in and just be known and be loved. This is where the recharge happens for Christians. And now as we go back out in the world, what are we filled up with? Man, God loves me. Man, God cares for me. He cares for me right now. He, want, he wants me to know that he is present with me in the moment. This is amazing. I need to share that. I need to share that good news. So what have we learned from Romans 15? I'll run through. You can pull it up in the notes if you want to look at it. First one, verse, few verses of Romans 15. We have an obligation in our strength to care for others. And this strength is enabled only by doing what? Waiting on the Lord. Not running for the Lord. Not doing crazy ministry for the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord, their strength will be renewed. So when you and I, this is God's will and this is us and we are walking and we are uh, living and just in the power of Christ and we deviate one centimeter and now all of a sudden we're still moral we're still, still tithing. We're still great neighbors. We're still a good spouse. But if you were doing it in your own power, it is sin. Has to be totally in Christ. Has to be all about King Jesus. And when that strength is enabled, this is the overflow that we share from. Okay? A lot of you, y'all are very strong people. Just spend a few moments in prayer asking, is that strength coming from you or is it coming from Christ? All right? Because if it's coming from you, you're going to burn out. I'm going to burn out. You're going to be done. And you will find yourself thinking and doing unspeakable things. All right? All of us. Me, me too. Me too. Uh, second thing we've learned in this study, and pull up my little artwork here. 
Okay, some of y'all are with us when we covered this. Um, hope is something we offer to others. Hope is not, I hope this steak is medium rare. I hope this Star Wars movie doesn't stink. That's not, that's preference. Hope is an action that's already been performed and is static, okay? So Calvary has been done. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus gave his life up on the cross. Jesus was taken down from the cross. He was put in the grave on the third day. He brought himself back from the dead because he is God. And from that, that second, all sin was paid for in Christ for those who believe. And so you and I are not saved by who we are today or what we're gonna do tomorrow. We are saved solely by the actions of Jesus Christ. So this is the hope that we have to share. It's really, it's a monster. It's amazing. It's life-changing. A lot of us know that, right? A lot of us are like, yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't following Christ at all. Like I was going this way. And one day it was like, oh my gosh, he's real. He's real. And he loves me. And I don't know why he loves me. Mystery of the gospel. And now it's fact to you. It's still mystery to others. Now this, this, option of hope that we're giving people, it's held up by two legs. And those two legs from scripture were encouragement and endurance. All right. Encouragement and endurance. Now, when you endure something, when you come through a very hard season in your life, when you've lost someone or had an issue or a problem, and it's just beat the living heck out of you and you make it out, what are you able to do because of that? You can look to others that are going through the same things and saying, you can do it. You, I don't know if I can make it. No, you can. You can. You can. Let me pray for you right now. Let me care for you. Let's go have a meal. Let's talk. Let's pray together. You can do this. And this is what the body is for, is for encouragement. And when you're encouraged, church, how do you respond? You can endure more. <laughs> you see how they work together? As we encourage, we endure. As we endure, we should be verbal about what God has done in our marriages, with our children, with our neighbors, with, with, with our parents. And this flow back and forth is the connective of harmony, which is where you cannot be an independent in church. You have to be an interdependent. All the special forces guys I know are interdependent. None of them are like the movies where somebody just does everything. Nobody's Rambo in real life, amen? I mean, all armed services know that. They look to the person to the left and the person to the right. They're connected. They understand community. Church, we must be that way more. And in the process of listening to pain and encouraging and enduring and then being able to encourage, that is our harmonious flow in the body of Christ. And this upholds this table of hope. So we have to do these things if we're gonna share this thing, all right? Um, third week, your comfort is not your calling. Your comfort is not your calling. And I've, I've had a lot of feedback from this. Some of y'all like, Pastor, you're stepping on toes a little bit. Now I hear you. I expect more, okay, because this is scripture. Okay, we're not just called to be comfortable. We're called to be completely dedicated and sold out to Christ. I don't think it means that we have to live like Spartans, okay? I do think it means that with the power of the Holy Spirit, he is the regulator of all good things. 
when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be times when we're given freedom to do things. And when we're filled with the Spirit, there'll be times when the Spirit says no. And so you cannot decide at the beginning of your walk with God, I know it, now I can act. No, it's every day. What are the orders, Lord? What is this day going to be like for your glory, Lord? How do I respond to this person, Lord? Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Not my will. Your comfort is not your calling. Outward-focused relationships must be a part of your Christian life. Peace comes from obedience in this calling. The house of shalom becomes an everyday occurrence for us when we are obeying. And that's very convicting to me. Uh, Lord, change my heart. Uh, Number four, we learn, and this is Pastor Daniel's sermon, we are meant to do this work together, not by ourselves. Um, Pastor Graydon is going to lead after the next service uh, our mission outreach for this year. All of y'all should be there. We should run out of room. You should really be there. It is the the call to be uncomfortable, but it is an obedient call. Maybe uh, married folk, y'all need to send one spouse, the other one stays at home with the kids, take turns for the next mission trip. If you've never been on a mission trip before, you have to go. You have to go. It's not something you need to pray about. You're called, okay? Um, So hopefully a lot of you guys will go and we'll hear about opportunities to get out of our comfort zone and to be with other men and women in the body of Christ and to say things to people we don't know and to serve in a way that will completely put you in a weird space. But you will sleep like a baby every night because you're walking with Christ and it feels great and it just, it it makes... (sighs) When you're on mission, especially overseas, I feel like, or in, in precarious places, you're completely dependent on the one that made you. You're not in charge anymore. And that's a part of the trip right there. Community has been created by God for his glory. You've been called to be a part of this. And this is a part of statewide, what churches do. And it's a part of this international church of Jesus Christ. He's the head and we're the body. Last week, when we have received such a gift from God's salvation, we are, and hear me say this, you're obligated to give of your resources to others. What you have made and what's in your bank account right now is not yours. And a lot of us that are a little older will tell you there will be seasons where you have a lot and seasons when you don't have that much. And if you can understand the precept that is all God's and you're just a caregiver, you will be fine whether you have a little or you have a lot. Looking back on how I was raised, we really had no extra, but we also had enough. So my mom and dad positioned us to where we never really, I don't think I realized how little we had until I was in my 20s. Like, oh, snap, we didn't really have anything. Like Our refrigerator did not have a lot in it because they didn't have the money to buy more food. I just didn't put two and two together in my mind, okay? Because we had enough. So um, as believers... When we've been blessed with this agape love of God, we have to give it away. Or you're stealing. You're taking something just for yourself when it's been given to you to share with others. All right? So we're going to do this for the next few moments. Uh, We're going to do some prayer, some corporate prayer together. And what this looks like, if you, with your spouse, with a friend, you want to pray quietly together, you can. Uh, What I encourage you to do is just spend some, a few moments with yourself and I'll, I'll lead you on some prayers and uh, 
Let's be audacious enough to ask our Heavenly Father for specific things. All right? So bow your heads with me. I'll lead you. And then I'll, I'll close it and we'll do, we'll do a few more together. So right now, church, independently, by yourself, I want you to pray for a heart of thanksgiving. I want you to pray for a thankful, overflowing heart. Maybe some of you are struggling with some, I don't know, some anger, some bitterness, some distance, some apathy, some want, I don't know. But man, where we need to begin today is to learn how like Paul, even being in prison, was just filled with joy and was still sharing the truth. So right now, uh, pray for a heart of thanksgiving right now. Spirit to fill our hearts up with thanks. We cannot construct that ourselves, but we ask that you would open our eyes right now and show us the bounty of good things in our life. We thank you for our families, our friends, our home. We thank you for our salvation. It is not something we chose. It is something you gave we thank you for the forgiveness that you have freely given us. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We thank you, Lord, for pains in our lives, for hurts. We ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes that we might see you more clearly because of them. Now I want you to pray based on that platform of thanksgiving in your heart. Next thing we want to pray for is a desire to forgive as you have been forgiven. Christ has forgiven you all your sins. Christian, you must forgive. You have to forgive. Pray right now. Spend a few moments. forgiven by you is overwhelming our sin state is large it it holds us hostage Lord it keeps us from being who you've called us to be so for those that have trusted you in this room right now Lord those you've saved your elect we just give you thanks for forgiving us for washing us clean with the great offenses we have done against you. 
And Lord, we ask that you would impute to us this powerful forgiveness for others. We pray that you would enable us to forgive our abusers. We ask, Lord, that you would enable us to forgive those that have lied to us and hurt us. We ask, Lord, for that supernatural power of however you forgave us, Lord, and we don't understand that. That is a mystery. But we receive it. We need to understand it more clearly every day. Give us that same power to forgive. It is a powerful, powerful thing to forgive. It is freeing. Next thing I want you to pray for, Christian, is an opportunity to share the gospel this week. We have been negligent. We have sinned by taking what has been given us and kept it for ourselves. It is not right. So pray right now for an opportunity from the creator of the universe to give you the blessing of a person that does not know him, that God may use you to speak the truth, you to offer hope to somebody who sees Jesus as a mystery. Pray for that right now. thing I want you to pray for is I want you to ask God to give you an overwhelming love for others, a, almost a suffocating love for others because this is how you are loved. You are not loved a little bit. You are loved in incredible volumes of love from God the Father through God the Son, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are loved. Now ask God to do a miracle and enable you to love others in that way. resisting this right now just give up control right now ask the Holy Spirit to speak he loves you he will move he does perfect things he loves you perfectly he has forgiven you completely and he will empower you to glorify himself amen and amen thanks for the time yeah, that's awesome, right? Like, I love praying in a, in, a, in a setting like this. There's opportunity for the Lord to move. Now, I would encourage you in your discipleship groups this week, in your community groups this week, that you would speak up and share with people what's going on, what's stirring in your heart. You are not an independent contractor. You are a part of the body, and we need to share as the body. Um, community team, come on up. Um,
The bread represents Christ's body, which was lived for you and for me. Jesus was just a, a normal carpenter's son from a nowhere town. He began his ministry around 30, three, three and a half years. Traveled all over the place with a bunch of goofballs. Man, the disciples were a messed up crew. And even to almost the end, they did not believe in him. They betrayed him. They walked away. His closest friends on the planet, and he had shown them who he was. Um, they denied him as well too. So Jesus gets your pain and your issue. He went to the cross voluntarily. He was shamed in front of his family and friends, completely naked, completely embarrassing. He was fully God and yet fully human. Uh, then he gave his life up and sin was paid for once and for all. So the bread represents Christ's body that was lived for you. And, and, and Jesus is saying to you right now, come live for me, come Stop being about yourself. Come, my hand is here. I'm going somewhere. Be with me. The juice represents his blood, which he did bleed out. For you, the blood sacrifice was paid. So God does not need your actions to save you. They never will. He needs your obedience to follow him. The debt has been paid. You are free. Those of you that don't know him, you can be set free today. Today, not tomorrow, today. Trust him. My mother asked me last week when I was with her, she said, Tommy, she calls me Tommy, is God trustworthy? It's like a Sunday school question, right? I was raised in church. I was like, yes, he is. Then she said to me, will you trust him? Oh, that's a little harder. That's the way of the cross. Trust in the Lord. If you need a minute or two to pray, do that. If you're ready, come down to the center aisle, receive the elements, uh, confess, repent, church, receive what Christ has offered you. Amen.